Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast with Simon Cocking, Senior Editor. I'll be doing a series of interviews with people at the cutting edge of green tech, clean tech, and anything else that we think is interesting and worth listening to for you guys, our listeners. Okay, so today we have someone who's quite interesting, uh, very much in the area of tech for good and um, helping to reach out. So uh, I'm very happy with who we're interviewing today. So first of all, um, who am I talking to and um, what's your name? Hi, uh, Simon. Thanks for, for having me here. My name is Alessandra Rojas and I work as a sustainable entrepreneurship manager at EPFL Tech for Impact in Switzerland. Great. Um, and I was going to say, are you based in Geneva or whereabouts in Switzerland are you based? So I live in Geneva, although the university is based in Lausanne. So mm -hmm. it's like a one hour ride. Cool. And so uh, you guys were first mentioned to us for the EPFL Tech for Impact. So maybe let's start with that. And for people who don't mm -hmm. know, what, what is Tech for Impact? Um, yes. So maybe just as a quick intro, the EPFL, for also those who don't know it, is uh, stands yeah, for... Please, yeah. uh, the EPFL is one of the, the two Swiss federal institutes of technology. It's basically quite a big university and research institute uh, that hosts many students, researchers, professors, um, and also even startups and corporates that uh, are also located at our innovation park. And uh, mm -hmm. within EPFL at Tech for Impact, Tech for Impact is EPFL's flagship initiative for accelerating sustainable technological solutions that can create positive social and environmental impact. So basically, we provide a common platform that we engage uh, students, researchers, entrepreneurs, corporates, NGOs, and you know external partners and society at large um, with the specific aim of building bridges that can leverage science and technology for sustainable impact. Great. So um, the projects and the people you work with and assist, um, where are they? Are they are they geographically close to you or are they all over the world? Um, <laughs> Well, it's a bit of a mix. Let's say the the Tech for Impact team is located in Switzerland, although we are mostly based on the French-speaking part of Switzerland, so Lausanne area, Geneva. We but we have one colleague that is sitting also in Zurich, um, and then it depends on the project uh, specifically. And this will be the case for the GSIV, in which there are partners that are abroad. Um, but we do interact a lot with, let's say, the Swiss ecosystem and partners here, but a lot of them have actually, you know, let's say the reach is more global indeed. Okay, cool. So then I guess, f for example, where in the world are some of the projects and, and what are some of the projects? Are we talking water or renewables? What kind of projects are you helping mm -hmm. to uh, have a sustainable impact with? So uh, for this specific project that uh, I guess it's also the one that you, you, you're mentioning for UNNDP, uh, which is the Growth Stage Impact Ventures Program. Um, this is an mm -hmm. initiative that we run together with UNNDP, of course us, Orange and SAP, in which we want to identify and showcase um, mature impact ventures from emerging countries uh, that have this you know, catalytic potential to drive impact and yield sustainable profit. So for this specifically, we only actually accept um, ventures that are located and have their main operations in emerging countries. So we are talking about, let's, and, and I'm going to tell you a bit of, um, because we just selected 
our finalists of um, okay. of the um, of this year's program, which we shortlisted 28 ventures, and they come from actually 16 different countries. Uh, so we have Africa, MENA region, LATAM, uh, and Asia. You know, we're talking about you know Nigeria, Mexico, Colombia, Brazil, India are very well represented. Uh, Benin, we have one venture from Palestine. So it's really, let's say, very well spread. Um, and for this call, so this is the second year that we are running this program. Last year, so last year was the first one, and in this in this edition, we're specifically focusing on, on three um, main topics. First one being access to quality health. The second, mm -hmm. access to affordable and clean energy, and finally, reducing and recovering waste. So the ventures need to be addressing one of these key topics. Some of them, you know, even have let's say topics that cross over maybe one or more category, but they do focus specifically on one. And all of them need to be providing, you know, the products and services that can help reduce inequalities. Um, so we do look at how these solutions is also empowering people at the bottom of the pyramid, for example. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. And so, um, do you have an example of a particular project that you that, that will be interesting to kind of give an example of, you know, like in what way are they recycling or or in what way are they helping with health? Yes, sure. A uh, cool. bunch actually. Uh, for example, I can talk about uh, Vibe or maybe Vive would be the, the correct name. It's a Colombian venture and they're looking at how to provide the highest level of health services regardless of your income level. So they have built this okay. low cost annual membership that allows families to have you know, access to, to health service, services efficiently. You know, you're talking about from booking appointments um, to having discounted make medical treatments, uh, everything adapted if the customer, you know, how can the customer pay it? And they have already benefited like 21,000 Colombians uh, without any discrimination on age, social, economic status or health conditions. And this is like 100% focused on low, low income communities. Uh, then we also have, you know, in, in South Africa, Bula Mobile, um, also in the health um, sector that are pro providing a, a free mobile app with two user interfaces to connect primary health workers, um, working in remote site, and then also specialists in the public sector, uh, because they have recognized that there's, you know, a, an acute shortage of specialists across Africa. And it's very hard for people to actually access, especially from remote sites. So they allow with their app to actually connect, um, you know, these two sites. So that is quite interesting. Um, maybe also we saw a lot of innovation happening also in waste, waste management. Uh -huh. um, here there were a lot of ventures, especially from India. This was quite interesting, although not that surprising because we are aware that waste management is a very uh, big problem in India. Um, so we did yeah. see a lot of innovation coming from there. Uh, one of my favorites actually was uh, Gen Robotics, and they are have created the, the first manhole clean robot to er, actually eradicate this practice, which is very old of manual scavenge, uh, scavenging. Uh, mm -hmm. So actually the robot substitutes fully the work of a, of a man uh, in a manhole, and this has a lot of implications in terms also of health. So for example, this yeah. one is one that clearly has also a connection to health. Uh, and and that addresses a, a population or a community that is usually very low income, right at the bottom of the pyramid, uh, those who actually do this type of jobs. 
Um, but then we also have, you know, other companies that do recycling system for post-consumer that look at, you know, plastic, new type of plastics. Uh, we have one, another one in Latin, in Latin America, in Peru, with uh, that offers a zero waste program with subscription agreements for companies and homes. But then also includes a bio factory and collection services and farmers program. So you're talking about like an entire very comprehensive program. This venture is called Simba, Simba Peru. Mm -hmm. um, uh -huh. So a lot of these ventures are really providing. It's not that they just provide, you know, focus on on one product. Um, they pr provide a product and they provide a service around it and they build an ecosystem around it and talk about the topic. So it's really quite interesting and inspiring to see. Yeah, look, I think it's it's very interesting. And like with the Indian one, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've had a lot of health issues with people who live on mm. dumps. So mm -hmm. I, I can definitely see the value. Do you have to have an education piece to explain to people that even though those particular jobs will be gone, replaced by robots, these the wider benefits are positive to the community? Do, do you have to have, you know, that bit just so that people don't go, oh, robots are taking our jobs, you know? <laughs> how, how, do, how do you inform and educate around that side? Yes, that that is a, a, a very important point. So, you know, I, I will tell you what I know from the app, you know, from us reviewing the applications and they mm -hmm. do do they do try to connect, let's say, the population that would be taking away the jobs from. Um, there's different ways when you have this type of products in which you, for example, turn a bit the type of job that the actual, let's say, former, former informal employee, if you want, sure. uh, or person doing it, um, and you and you give them a more of a supervising role. So for example, someone that could like actually handle the robot, you train them differently. Uh, they, they're just, you change the roles and the position in which they are located at the value chain, which, uh, you know, it, it is quite interesting. Of course, to a certain extent, certain jobs will be lost. And I think this is the case uh, when we're talking about, you know, certain technologies replacing uh, some certain type of manual work. Um, however, in this specific case where it's uh, such a, let's say, manual scavenging is such a such a difficult environment yeah. for a person to be exposed to all of that, it mm -hmm. is we see it more beneficial to actually you know have these people secure um, at this specific stage. But this is something that the venture and that we hope exactly with this program and exposition and them talking to investors and you know other partners that they actually get also to discuss these questions and then see, okay, you know, let's measure also our impact or our negative economic impact to those former workers and how can then we embed them better and how we then, you know, not just result on a, on a negative, uh, total negative economic impact for them and then we forget about it. This is definitely not the, not the goal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense. And uh, like, uh, I, I, I'm not even really being devil's advocate. I just know that sometimes it's as much of an education mm -hmm. piece that people understand. Yes. And, you know, generally what's happened is, is that ideally robots take away the repetitive and drudge work and mm -hmm. put, push people up the, uh, the work food chain in terms of more meaningful work, ideally. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's about rebuilding skills and, uh, you know, pushing people up exactly as you as you said yeah okay so if if these projects and these initiatives work well uh what what would you hope good could look like in the future and uh is there a structure or a thought around 
uh, reinvestment of profits to help continue to grow and move in future directions? Like, like how, how, what's your future expectations, and how do you, how do you, how do you plan if things go well to to continue to do better? Yes. So for this specific program, let's say the GSIV, um, mm -hmm. we invite the finalists. So because right now these twenty four. Um, shortlisted ventures are going through a process in which they, you know, there's an, another external technical committee and they're reviewing and they're selecting the 12 best. And usually these 12 best are invited to Geneva to come to the SDG Finance Summit, where they will have also the opportunity to pitch to, to other partner, potential partners, uh, investors and corporates and international organizations. So we do see a lot of value, first in terms of exposure, you know, bringing entrepreneurs that are many, you know, like actually global South entrepreneurs, uh, which sometimes are not so future. A lot of times we see rather, let's say, technologies um, from the North being, you know, just brought over to the global South and non not necessarily featuring these local capabilities. So we give a lot of value on that. So it's about showing impactful work and entrepreneurship activity going on in the global South, hopefully promoting uh, SDG investments, uh, showing actually a lot of very good cases, good investment cases for impact investors here in the area um, that are interesting, interested in looking at you know further opportunities. Uh, so providing this access to funding and partnerships and you know further expanding the the ecosystem that we have here, um, especially us at DPFL, and it's why we collaborate that we're so close to to the UN. Then. Mm -hmm. Um, in, in other terms, because we have a sec, we have another program at, at EPFL Tech for Impact, in which we work uh, with NGOs and researchers to try to bind them into actually creating meaningful technologies. Um, I don't know if, if you want me to explain this other program. Yeah, please do. Yeah, that's it's it's interesting okay. and relevant. <laughs> uh, sure. Um, so this this other program that we do, and this is not um, under the UNNDP framework, but I think it, it relates highly with this, is we have a program called Tech for Deaf, uh, which is kind of like our dedicated Global South program at Tech for Impact, in which we want to aim, you know, bridge this theory practice gap to develop these scalable and innovative technological solutions specifically for Global South beneficiaries. So one of the ways this program does it is we do a collaborative research call in which we put together our researchers at EPFL with NGOs that are Global South NGOs from our Tech for Impact NGO Council. And here we're talking about, about NGOs such as WWF or Human Rights Watch and Tech de Somme who, who provides us with, let's say, a list of challenges that they're looking at uh, and needs of technology and researchers and research. And then our researchers take on that and then they build together, let's say, a research project um, that then has the potential to develop an impact, impactful technology. Um, so we actually just had the first call for this at the end of last year, and we are about to start now, actually in today, what is it today? Uh, on the, in the 12th of November, um, it's, it's the next call. And, here, let's say a positive outlook for us is an actual implementation. I mean, first, of course, a testing, but an actual successful implementation after various business model iterations on site, you know, together with the mm -hmm. Global South partner. So this is a clear, let's say, how, how do we see, you know, from the start, from building this relationship between researchers and the NGOs here in Switzerland, building those capabilities, teach the researchers on how to build, you know, 
business model applications for their technologies, which sometimes it is, let's say, very disassociated, um, mm -hmm. and and put them together. And then at the end of the program, which is always like a, we have a two-year uh, grant, um, we see we want to see actual implementation of the technologies in the global south. Yeah, which you have to, don't you? Because that way yeah. it's actually working. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it, it makes it worth it, right? And yeah. I mean, in this program, for example, we we support each program a project, each research project, with a maximum of three hundred thousand uh, francs, and then we have certain conditions of how the budget should be spent. You know, how much percentage of the budget should be actually allocated for um, disembursed in the global south, and you know, to to really make sure how can we then you know, build these capabilities and make sure that, you know, things that are being developed are actually useful for beneficiaries. Yeah. And I guess, uh, how do you then um, showcase and communicate the successes? So, you know, because obviously there's a lot of great things happening around the world and, and sometimes people can then move very quickly if they see a good example. So so how, how do you showcase that? <laughs> so, this is um well one of our current challenges maybe specifically this year usually we have i mean we we try of course let's say that we have the main channels right some of our our research projects and our researchers or or the gsiv uh, ventures they come out you know in a, we have a bunch of partners with the news and their publisher and a dpfl um let's say communication channels uh we also usually have our 2030 showcase at um, Tech for Impact, which mm -hmm. this year, unfortunately, we had to postpone. It was planned to be actually two weeks ago. Partnerships and how can we build further collaborations and what does this mean then for the, an actual successful implementation of these technologies, which is kind of like the motivation between the GSIV program with UNNDP, because UNNDP, it's, I mean, it's the UN, it's a quite different actor um, than an, a university like us uh, at DPFL entrepreneurs uh, because it's about building an ecosystem and that everybody can benefit upon yeah absolutely um you 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 mentioned 2020 briefly has has the global pandemic uh, affected mm -hmm. and changed the way that you work and the way that you guys plan to work in the future mm, so i think in general i think we definitely cannot complain too much uh let's say the academic work world is been affected differently um a lot of our work let's say is it for the gsiv or is it for the tech for dev grants or you know we have other programs that we have also run with uh, tech for impact like the switzerland innovation tech for impact call that is also a researcher call and here we've actually seen a bit of a spike in the number okay. of applications we receive and the number of researchers that are looking at these opportunities i don't know we have thought maybe it's related to the fact that people have more time to maybe invest in is it developing a research proposal or you know a business idea behind it um so in this we have seen actually a spike in applications i would say from the research side uh, point of view at the same time a lot of our i mean not our specific work but the work of researchers it can be restricted i mean at some point during the pandemic the university closed of course and the labs were closed um, this affected, you know, the timeline for many projects. This is the case um, for Tech for Dev grantees, for example. Some of them had already envisioned to, um, you know, travel to the Global South partner and actually start, you know, having discussions on site or potentially start testing some technologies. And a lot of a lot of these travels 
just couldn't happen. And, you know, we see it for the grantees, but we see it all the way up to the student level. We have, you know, grants that we have given to students as well and other programs um, in which the students just cannot move. So so it's it's hard when you're developing, let's say, a technology that has to have a particular use, but A, maybe you couldn't fully develop your prototype because you had to be restricted at the beginning because now the EPFL has set a plan and, and let's say, researchers can access the labs. Um, but on the other side, if we're talking about specifically Global South implementation and you are based in Switzerland and you cannot travel, it, yeah. it does pose challenge. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, for our, our individual work or like our internal work is, uh, I, I would say the challenge that everybody has uh, being on Zoom 24 seven and, and just not being able to see the team. We have noticed how important it is um, just yeah. to have, you know, let's say, I don't want to say meaningless conversations, but like conversations that are not work related. Uh, because <laughs> when you go on Zoom, sometimes you are always, let's say, on topic. So we're like, okay, this program, and what do we need to do? And blah, blah, blah. And then you're over and you end up the, the Zoom. Um, whereas when you're in real, in, let's say in real life, um, in person, yeah. um, you have time to, you know, to take that coffee or to just chat about something you did on the weekend. So with my team, with our with our Tech for Impact team, now we have started to, to meet more often in the weeks or like at least twice a week for like the general team meetings, just updates. And we have put like uh, with our, our head, Yulia Binder, she has put us to say, okay, on Tuesdays, we talk about also what did we do on the weekend? And on Thursday, we discuss what motivated us this week to also, you know, spread a bit of positivity around the team to make sure that we are also keeping each other updated of, of our lives beyond work, which is so important as well. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's people working with people. Um, yeah. I have two. I have two questions left, and one actually you you've met, touched on there, which is, um, you guys are doing interesting things and informing people about what you do. Uh, what are your sources mm -hmm. of inf information and inspiration? Where where do you look to 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 to, to mm -hmm. find interesting things and to inspire you? Hmm. Well, first source of inspiration always uh, colleagues. I would say the work of other colleagues. It's always is for me a, a quite big source of inspiration uh, and of ideas. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. I find myself, you know, talking to a colleague uh, about an initiative that maybe it's not even us who are doing it, uh, but then through that talk, we start recognizing needs or potential leads and then we're like, oh, maybe we could do this or maybe we could do that. Um, this is one thing. Of course, then a big thing is seeing actually other external partners and initiatives, what are they doing, what are they putting in place, um, how are they learning from that? Um, something that was very interesting this year for us, um, we were, for example, involved in the Swiss National Hackathon versus Virus. That was quite an interesting experience because it, it then turned into a virtual incubator, but that allowed us to connect with um, other key players from the ecosystem that, you know, maybe we knew each other, but we didn't know each other at, to that extent, um, that to see each other every every week over Zoom and to start planning, you know, from the hackathon to the incubator, how to foster the entrepreneurship ecosystem in Switzerland. And uh, we started to get to know so many partners much through this initiative because we realized, hey, you're doing a great job that is really related to what we want to do. So the same for them. So then we built a partnership to look into 2021. Um, and this is, you know, for other, you know, external initiatives, it's the exact same thing, you know, and me, myself, sometimes, uh, because I'm not Swiss, 
uh, I look at initiatives that are also being done at home. I'm I'm actually from Peru in South okay. America. Cool. So I do look a lot of, you know, what is happening in the innovation ecosystem over there. Um, the sustainable entrepreneurship ecosystem in Peru is super interesting because it's people are very entrepreneurial driven there. Um, and I, I'm constantly looking, okay, what's happening? What can we learn from it? And because it's a two sides, right? Um, so I would say basically everywhere. <laughs> that would be the short answer. Yeah, but that's that's good. No, it's very good. Um, so look, um, this is why I think it was interesting to talk to you. If people want to find out more about what you do, maybe apply for a future round, how do they find out about you guys and your work? So we are, have a website, but I mean, an easier channel, of course, is just go on LinkedIn. You can okay. find us as EPFL Tech for Impact, all, all written. So EPFL, of course, together, mm -hmm. and then Tech for Impact, it's a four instead of a, the actual four word. Um, you can find there we post, you know, our, some of our initiatives and of course for the Tech for Dev grants, this is coming out or NGO Council. And then for the JSIV program for, you know, if for, for ventures located in the Global South that might find this interesting, you can also look at the channels of UNNDP uh, who post a lot of this information when the call is out. And um, next year we're going to have the, the event in which we showcase these, these ventures. So we're really looking forward to that. It's going to be the date is to be defined, but the first quarter of uh, 2021, because we also had to have some changes there due to the changes on the SDG Finance Summit in Geneva. Uh, but we will soon come out with the news. Um, and of course, it's going to be probably online. So, you know, people from all around the world can watch and, and really support these entrepreneurs uh, from Global South that are doing amazing work. Awesome. That's great. Um, I think it's been really interesting to talk to you and uh, it could be interesting to maybe and after you funded it to, to check in in the future and see how the projects got on that you funded. So just look, thanks again for your time. Yes, thank you so much. It has been great to talk to you. Thanks. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed that podcast and we will be bringing you more across as diverse and interesting a range of stories as we can find. You're welcome to reach out to us on Twitter, LinkedIn or by email and give us any feedback and let us know what you'd like us to cover in the future. Thanks and keep listening.